Hello, and welcome to Goop Tales, episode 60, Backwardia and the Pohano of Yosemite. I'm Maria Calancini, and I'm the author of Goop Tales. So here we are at the end of 2019. I'm recording this right before the New Year's, wanting to get it out for the New Year's. And I am very excited about this episode, not only because it's going to kick off a new year, but it is also a listener-generated name that I used for this, and it's a place that I just went. So this story takes place in Yosemite, which is a beautiful national park in the state of California. And it's not too far from where I live. So I went there in November for the first time in probably decades, in many, many years. And it was just so absolutely beautiful, even more stunning than I remember it as a child. And it inspired me to write this story of Backwardia. And my inspiration also came from some listeners who created the name Backwardia, and I'm going to read you what they wrote, which is so sweet. Um, This is from Jillian, Cecilia, and Beth. They wrote, so we have an idea for a new girl. We would call her Backwardia, and she has a terrible habit of driving everyone crazy by being backwards all the time. For instance, she counts backwards. She does requests in backwards order. She repeats you back, but you guessed it, backwards. Obviously, she will need to travel to the future to learn the outcome of her irritating habit. So thank you so much, Jillian, Cecilia, and Beth for writing in and giving me that inspiration. I will say that when I write a story, I have to let the story take on a life of its own and it takes me where it needs to go. So she doesn't go to the future, but she does meet a pohano, which you're going to find out what that is in Yosemite. And she does get to um, climb up Half Dome. And Yosemite is so stunning. I'm going to put some of these pictures on Instagram. And in this story, there is a mural that I saw while I was visiting the Awani Hotel, which is this absolutely splendid hotel in the foot of the valley in Yosemite. And it's got all these like little nooks and reading rooms and giant fireplaces that you can literally walk in. And there was a mural on the wall with animal, with forest animals. And it inspired part of the story that you are going to hear about. So I hope you enjoy episode 60. Look for the photos on Instagram. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Oh, one fun fact. There's so many fun facts about Yosemite. But one fun one is that the domes in Yosemite, these massive granite domes, which is what Half Dome is, that they were formed about 65 million years ago, which is hard for me to even imagine. So think about when listening to this story, all the history, all the people and all the animals, just all the energy that have been absorbed by those stones and all the stories they must hold. Well, this is one of them. So I hope you enjoy Backwardia and the Pohano of Yosemite, and I will see you on the other side. Chapter One Once upon a time, there was a very rearward little goop girl named Backwardia. Backwardia was always amusing and boisterous and quite a delight to pal around with. 
One of the traits that made her so fun was that everything she did was backwards. This included speaking, walking, and reading. Backwardia did everything backwards. She didn't think of it as backwards because to her, it was perfectly normal. But to the rest of the goops, everything she did was in reverse. When she put on her clothes, they were inside out. When she ate her meals, she would start her day with dinner and finish it with breakfast. But lunch seemed to always stay in the middle. Backwardia always carried a string of tiny white Christmas lights that she used for multiple purposes, including a light-up necklace, a lasso, and last-minute decorations. The other goops very much enjoyed her company because she would do the silliest things. Backwardia could moonwalk perfectly. She would lift her tiny feet and slide them backwards across the floor as her body followed. This always made the other goops laugh because she did it so well, it looked as if she were floating. She had perfected the moonwalk. The one time when the other goops would become particularly frustrated with Backwardia was when she started to speak backwards. It is terribly difficult to understand when someone speaks backwards. Backwardia loved to say words like ole, which is hello, backwards, yakko, which is backwards for okay, and sedage, when she was particularly excited. Sedage is backwards for egads. One gusty, howling winter day, Backwardia grabbed her string of lights, threw it around her neck, and lit it up. Then she headed out the back door to meet her goop friend, Wasn't Me. He always said, Wasn't me, no matter what the question was. And Backwardia thought this was very funny. Who ate the last cookie? Wasn't me. Who spilled the garbage all over the floor? Wasn't me. Would you like a cup of cocoa? Wasn't me. Wasn't me never even thought about his answers. He was just automatic with, wasn't me. And this made Backwardia laugh. (laughs) Wasn't me, I'm over here, bellowed Backwardia through a snowstorm. Then she added, Olay, Olay, just for fun. Wasn't me turned and beckoned for Backwardia to come to him. So she plodded through the snow and made her way over to where he was standing. Let's build an igloo, said Wasn't me. Yakko, cried out Backwardia as she knelt down to start packing up snow squares. The two of them worked hard for the next hour, making solid snow squares and putting them together in the shape of an igloo. The snow was swirling around them as they stood up to admire their igloo. It was made of perfectly imperfect snow blocks and had a little tunnel entry just like the igloos they had both seen in photos. Both Backwardia and Wasn't Me broke out in huge grins. Ew, did tea, said Backwardia when the igloo was finished. What? asked Wasn't Me as he crinkled his brow. She said again. I don't understand, Backwardia. You know that, said Wasn't Me. His toes and fingers were starting to freeze over, and he was growing annoyed with Backwardia. Then he thought about what she had just said and figured it out. He was very clever that way. Did you mean 
We did it? he asked. Say, say, she laughed. Come on, Backwardia. I know that means yes, yes. <laughs> laughed wasn't me as he shook his head at her. Can you ever do anything that isn't backwards? At the M, she laughed, <laughs> meaning maybe. Okay, would you like to do the honors and be the first to enter our igloo? Much to wasn't me's relief, Backwardia nodded instead of speaking. And then she turned and faced her rear end into the igloo door, knelt down, and started crawling in backwards. Oh, Backwardia, can't you do anything that isn't backwards? <laughs> Laughed wasn't me as he looked down into the igloo entryway and watched as Backwardia's lights lit up and she quickly disappeared into the igloo, almost as if she was being pulled. Wasn't me called into the entry, Backwardia! But there was no response, only an echo. He quickly crawled into the igloo and went inside. It was completely empty. He was inside the glistening white igloo that Backwardia had entered seconds before. Only there was no sign of her. She had vanished. Chapter 2 Backwardia felt frosty air surround her. She looked down and saw that she was standing in snow that went all the way up to her knees. Her little string of Christmas lights was lit up and shone in the dark sky. She took in a deep breath to calm herself as her mind raced with worry. The air was cool and crisp and so fresh. It was the kind of air that woke up the senses. I'm not in Goop World, Backwardia said out loud. Uh, no, you aren't. You are in Yosemite Park, said a low, strong voice. Yosemite what? said Backwardia, as she thought about how to say it backwards. Etimisoy, she exclaimed as she looked into the face of the bighorn sheep she was speaking with. Etimisoy? He repeated quizzically. Yes, that is Yosemite backwards, she replied. Oh, I see. Well, allow me to introduce myself. I am Bernard, the bighorn sheep, one of the highest climbers of Yosemite. I can see everything on the valley floor from up here. Up here? Uh, where are we? Said Backwardia. Mount Lyell the highest peak in Yosemite. Now hop on, and I will take you on a tour of the park like no other. Backwardia quickly hopped onto Bernard, backwards, of course. He just shook his head and chuckled, <laughs> and he expertly started down the side of the mountain. The cliffs were steep, and there were so many rocks that Backwardia was immediately alarmed. But Bernard proved to be agile and quick, and didn't make one misstep. The moon shone down on the spectacular scenery of snow-covered mountaintops and trees, rushing waterfalls, lakes that looked like mirrors, and redwood trees that were taller than mountains and older than time. Backwardia had a front row seat to one of Mother Nature's greatest shows. She took it all in with wide eyes 
until she looked down at her frozen fingers and suddenly remembered how cold she was. Bernard, uh, I'm starting to freeze, she said. Ah, yes, well, you aren't made to stay out here all night. It will go below freezing up here in the mountains. I shall take you to the Awani Hotel on the valley floor. Bakwardia smiled and thought for a minute and then said, Inawaha? What is that? Bernard rolled his eyes and said, Backwards? I'm on to you. You can't fool me. Then he expertly continued down the mountain as he told her the ancient legend of the Awanichi. Bernard explained that the Awanichi were a Miwok people known as the Yosemite Valley people. The Awani was a palatial hotel named after the Awanichi tribe. It was a hotel full of history and legend, and he was sure that Bekwardia could sneak in and find comfort and warmth for the night. He also warned her to be very wary of the siren song of an Awanichi maiden that had disappeared many years ago. Legend said that one spring day, a young Awanichi girl was out near Bridal Vale Falls and she stepped on a mossy rock that was placed there by the Pohono spirit to lure her in. She was immediately snatched into the falls where her spirit, along with many others, was imprisoned in the water by the Pohono and would stay there until she lured in another victim to take her place so that her spirit could wander the west. Now she lurked beneath the falls and attempted to lure in visitors with her siren song. Bernard told Bakwardia the siren song was haunting and irresistible. Whatever you do, don't follow it. For once you start, you can't go back, he warned. Bakwardia listened intently and thanked him as he left her in a snow-covered field outside of the brightly lit Awani Hotel. Her eyes grew larger as she spotted the roaring fireplaces from afar. She thanked Bernard and snuck in a back door of the Awani. She was immediately enchanted. There were small rooms tucked into hidden corners, winding stairways, tiny turrets that overlooked a grand ballroom, and guests milling about everywhere. Bakwardia snuck into an empty reading room at the back of the hotel. In the corner, there was a cozy copper fireplace that looked like a gnome hat, wide at the bottom and long and pointed at the top. There were two empty chairs near the fireplace and a beautiful mural of woodland creatures on the wall above it. The mural was a forest scene of bears and deer and other tiny forest animals and it seemed to have a magic energy about it. Bacquardia sat right down in a fireplace chair and got cozy. She was so tired she couldn't keep her eyes open, and she started to drift off. Just as she was about to fall into a deep sleep, she heard a beautiful voice. At first she thought it was a dream, but it came again, and this time a bit louder. Bakwardia sleepily opened one eye and stared at the copper fireplace as the sound came again. Then she opened both eyes and went to the fireplace and crouched down, trying to look up the gnome hat chimney. 
Without any warning, the bear in the mural popped out from the wall and into one of the fireplace chairs. I thought Bernard warned you, he said in a bit of an angry tone. Chapter 3 Backwardia jumped up from the floor and flung around to see an enormous bear sitting in a too small chair near the fire. She was so startled that she lost her words. She just stared at the bear, who stared right back at her with a very stern look. Then she looked up at the mural and saw a black spot where the bear had been. Did you just... She stammered. The bear nodded. Before Backwardia could say anything else, the siren song came again. It was clear and beautiful. Backwardia stared at the bear as she backed up to the chimney and crouched down so that her tiny rear end was facing right into the fireplace. The bear cocked his head, looking puzzled. Then he spoke. I know that Bernard warned you about the siren. Beckwardia was about to answer him, but she heard the siren song again. And this time, she backed herself right into the fireplace. The bear shook his head in disappointment. The siren song came again. And this time, Beckwardia walked backwards right up the chimney and disappeared. The bear immediately looked up at one of the deer in the woodland mural and said, Willow, did you see that? She fooled me. I didn't think she would go up backwards. Nonetheless, we need to help her or she will end up beneath the water forever with the rest of the spirits. It seems no one but us can resist the call of the Awachini maiden. Please go after her. You are quick and agile. Willow giggled a bit and hopped down from the mural. She landed on the thick carpet of the reading room and immediately began to stretch her legs. Ah, ha! I'm stiff. I'm happy to have an excuse to get out of that mural and go on an adventure. She went up the chimney, right? Egads! Now I will have to as well. I've never done that before. But I suppose there is a first time for everything, said Willow. Then she walked over to the gleaming copper chimney, took a look up it, glanced back at the bear, and said, No time to waste. Off I go. And with one strong leap, she shot straight up the chimney. The bear smiled, stood up, and stretched. And then he hopped back into the mural. He didn't want to alarm any visitors that may wander into the reading room. Meanwhile, Willow made her way east towards Half Dome, all the while following the sound of the siren song. When she finally stopped to catch her breath, she took a look up at Half Dome and saw tiny white lights moving up the granite rock formation. It was Backwardia, bravely making her way up Half Dome lured by the sound of the siren song. Oh no, oh no, cried out Willow. This can't be, someone must stop her. 
Willow knew that the Pohono would await Backwardia at the top of Half Dome and take her straight to Bridal Veil Falls to take the place of the Awachini maiden who had summoned her with the siren song. Chapter 4 Willow watched as the tiny lights made their way further up Half Dome, and she knew quick thinking was in order. There was a secret path up the back of the mountains that Willow had seen on one of the murals in the reading room. She had been studying it for decades, and now was the moment to finally see it for herself. Off she went, darting along hidden Awanichi trails in hopes she could make it to the top of Half Dome before Backwardia did. The moon was outshining on the valley and all of Yosemite was lit up like a spectacular painting. Willow never got tired of how beautiful the valley was. She made a note to herself that she must leave the mural more often. Then she had a thought, a thought that led to a plan. She knew how to save Backwardia, but she needed to beat the Pohono to the top of Half Dome. She sped up and over boulders, through thick wooded forests, and up, up into the mountains, remembering the secret paths revealed on the mural. All the while, she thought about what she must do when she reached the top of Half Dome. She was sure the Pohono would have seen Backwardia's lights and would await her at the top of Half Dome. But she also knew that if the Pohono were to spot Willow first, it would go after her and then return to capture Backwardia. What the Pohono didn't know was that Willow was a mural deer. Animals from the mural could move between the physical and the spirit worlds between midnight and sunrise before they had to return to the mural. It was very difficult to capture a mural animal. If Willow could distract the Pohono, Backwardia could make it to the top unharmed. When Willow arrived at the top of Half Dome, she bravely walked over to the edge and looked down to see Backwardia's lights nearing the top. She was very close. Then Willow pricked her ears looked up to the moon with wide eyes and listened. First, it was silent, and then ever so faintly, she heard the siren song. She walked in the direction of the song as the air above her grew colder. The Pohono was there. It created a powerful force and pulled Willow towards Bridal Veil Falls and the spirit of the Awachini Maiden. Willow willingly followed the siren song with the Pohono above her. They moved through the valley to Bridal Veil Falls, where the Pohono used a huge gust of wind to push Willow in. With a roar, she disappeared into the rushing water. All was silent, and the Pohono awaited the released spirit of the maiden. But nothing happened. 
As soon as she touched the water, Willow transformed herself into spirit form and then transported herself back to the top of Half Dome, leaving the Pohono and the Awachini Maiden to wonder what happened. Willow landed back on Half Dome right as Bagwardia reached the top. Bagwardia stared at her in disbelief and said, What are you doing here? I saw you on the mural. I'm here to send you back home. You remember what Bernard told you. You must resist the siren song. But but I can't, sighed Bagwardia. Then come with me. It's time for you to go home. Willow looked out to the horizon where she saw the tiniest crack of light. Sunrise was on the way and there wasn't an instant to lose. Do you trust me? Willow asked. I do, replied Backwardia. Then hop on my back and close your eyes. Don't open them until you are home again. Do you promise me? I do, said Backwardia. She hopped on Willow, backwards of course, and closed her eyes. Hold tight, called out Willow as she ran to the edge of Half Dome and leapt off into the valley below. The two of them tumbled down through the air, and as they did, Willow vanished and appeared again back on the mural. Beckwardia tumbled and tumbled until she felt herself land on a very soft pillow. It felt like the pillow from her bed, so she opened her eyes, and sure enough, it was. Beckwardia was sitting safely back on her own bed with her little string of lights around her neck. She popped up and looked around. Had she really just jumped off of Half Dome with a deer named Willow? This was too marvelous a story not to share. She hurried off to find Wasn't Me and tell him all about Yosemite, but he was nowhere to be found. He was in the singing sand dunes of Doha. But that is a tale for another time. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode and you learned a little something about Yosemite and the Pohano and that you are looking forward to the next episode with Wasn't Me. I know so many Wasn't Me's in my life. Um, If you did enjoy this episode, I would love it if you could go to iTunes and leave a review. I read all the reviews and I read all your emails that you're sending in. And I promise I'm going to put the pictures of the murals on Instagram if they aren't already up there. I'm not putting them until the story comes out. Please send me in your goop ideas. I have a whole running list of them, of the new goops that you want to hear stories about. So please send those in to me and any inspiration you have. And like I said at the beginning, sometimes I take the inspiration of what's going to happen in the story and sometimes I don't. But I always take the name and will give you, of course, a shout out for sending me in an original Goop name. So that's it for this episode. I would love it if you stop by Instagram and say hi. And I will see you in the next episode with Wasn't Me. So until then, make every day a goop day.